Hello, beautiful listeners, and thank you for tuning in to Writing Away to Wellness, a podcast produced by Girls Right Now and hosted by me, Sally Familia. Writing Away to Wellness is a podcast where Girls Right Now community members of all ages, racial and cultural backgrounds, careers, and crafts engage in holistic conversations about wellness in relation to the arts of writing. From avid journalists to authors committed to passing down the tools they have learned to survive the silly world, Writing Away to Wellness is the bridge that leads us to gentle hearts and creative minds. We're talking about Generation Z's relationship with online mental health. The first generation of digital natives, including your host, Michelle Chen, a current English student in Stony Brook University's Master's in Teaching program, alum of the Iowa Young Writers Studio and Girls in Icy Fjords, for which she was recently selected as Alumni Board Communications Director and Freelance Writer. Our guests today are Shayla Javier, a current English student at CUNY Hunter College, mentee at Girls Right Now and writer, and Lucas Sabine, mentee. Thank you for joining me here today for this timely discussion. Hi, my name is Shayla Javier. I'm a junior in college, and I've been with Girls Right Now for about four years. For as long as I can remember, creative writing and storytelling have always been ways for me to express myself at times when words weren't enough. I chose to engage in this conversation as I have personal experience struggling with depression, and I know social media plays a big factor in the mental health epidemic among Gen Z. I'm sure many of us can relate, and I'm happy to be here and shed some light onto this important conversation. Thank you so much, Shayla. Luca, do you want to introduce yourself today? Hi, um, my name is Luca Sabine. I'm a senior in high school, and I'm really excited to graduate. Um, I've been with girls right now since my freshman year of high school, and writing's just always been something that I've done growing up. I would always call up my mom. She's a writer, and always carried a notebook around with her. So I just kind of learned to do the same. Um, my mental health is unfortunately something I've struggled with a lot. Uh, I've so much so that I've had to take time off of school. Um, this is a subject that I can really relate to. Also, social media has just been a weird, interesting experience for me as well. So. I'm really excited to talk about it today. Let's dive into the conversation. Today, we'll be investigating the unique ways our generation interacts with the digital world and how we survive the ups and downs of technology that advances so quickly it threatens to take over other forms of behavior. Happiness and despair were two sides of the same coin in my life on social media as a young girl living in New York City, juggling homework and a long commute to high school. Alongside virtual comments made by strangers who did not think before they spoke, which began disrupting my emotional state. Later in college, I made an agreement that I would have a healthier relationship with social media, but reading online reactions made me realize the damaging impact the language could have on anyone's mental health. Experiencing derogatory statements made me suspect that I was being targeted because my gender and race made me vulnerable to exploitation and invasion of privacy, largely by more powerful classmates and even professors. Being spoken about in terms of not taking my desire to hear my mental state and my privacy concerns seriously made me reconsider the glowing optimism with which I first approached using social media and used real-life experiences to decide whether I wanted to stay connected or go dark. I hope my poem can bring hope to young people who have been affected by the internet when they hear about conversations and events they have not been invited to, only to gain a strange, digitally fueled and haunting access to knowledge that could tear them apart. Internet Survival by Michelle Chen. Whispers on the dark web. Young woman looking for company. Anyone there? The headlines tell her, no, no, yes, no. Her messages left unread, 
while he wanders away to talk with others, spell her secrets, screenshot her terrors, hopes, dreams, to share with strangers her clout. She bares her teeth, aches, bloom, and a heart. Not even a bullet can shoot through more thoroughly. Cracked, shot to hurdle through empty space. Nothing there no longer. She's replaced her organs with vellum lungs, liver, stomach. No targets anymore, just paper mache. Hands pluck hyperlinks to bandage cracks along her ribcage, and ice fields strewn with unpredictable tracks, snowmobiles, predators. Online, there is no ancient history or easy forgetting, only skin that hardens against frost, a thickening of the blood running hotter, distilled and pressurized by the hour. Imagine you've just discovered a secret group chat reflective like a mounted bathroom mirror of real-world world systems of oppression that begin here and privacy concerns are warranted gossip and sitting alone with a stranger across a chat room, cafe table, or a public webpage, knowing that they have knowledge about you that they can use to hurt your feelings and that you have no control in how or to who they choose to talk about you. Like many other relationships Generation Z has, which includes everyone born between 1997 to 2012, a population currently between the ages of 11 to 26, young people have a complex relationship with social media. No matter where you live, McKinsey Health Institute's 2022 Global Generation Z survey found that, that out of 42,000 respondents in 26 countries, Generation Z is more likely to report negative feelings about social media or more mental health issues than any other generation. 16% of Generation Zers said their mental health was poor or very poor, compared to 7% of baby boomers. However, some surprising findings are that older generations have equal engagement in social media as Generation Zers do, and that more than 50% of all groups experience more positive than negative effects of social media, such as self-expression and social connectivity. The study also discovered that Generation Z uses social media to connect with friends and family and access support groups and mental health resources. However, apps such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter can also create prime locations from comparison, perfectionism, and cyberbullying, leading to feelings of isolation, anxiety, and depression. They say that everybody wants to document something, to keep up with everyone else by showing only the positive sides of their life when in reality, it's not always that way. Generation Z faces unrealistic beauty standards, low self-esteem, and stigma around seeking help for mental health, along with social and political concerns. Especially for college students, financial stress is a huge issue with rising student debt and housing costs, resulting in living with one's parents to feel protected from economic uncertainty. However, Generation Z has some unique positive traits such as being more accepting of other people's differences and being passionate about solving world problems and persistent in reaching their goals. The McKinsey Health Study makes a number of recommendations for how to improve Generation Z's mental health. In order to fight the problem, we must understand it by teaching our generation about the potential negative effects of social media use and importance of reducing mental illness stigma while providing resources such as increased access to mental health services and developing digital wellness programs, we can prevent episodes of harassment and privacy loss. Some social media influencers, such as Selena Gomez, Jesse Nelson, Killing Rory Tran, and Billie Eilish have claimed social media bullying has ruined their lives, leading them to turn off the apps or stop reading social media despite wanting to stay in touch with fans. In fact, Killing Rory Tran told The Hollywood Reporter if someone doesn't understand me or my experience, it shouldn't be my place to have to internalize the misogyny or racism or all of the above. 
Maybe they just don't have the imagination to understand that there are different types of people living in the world. Even celebrities who appear to have a perfect life are affected by hate comments, causing body dysmorphia and suicidal thinking. In order to develop a healthier relationship with social media, we suggest the following steps. Unfollow or block unhealthy accounts that bring negativity into your life. Be selective about who you engage with online and sustain your offline relationships. Have healthy skepticism about profiles that seem fake and be careful who you share information with. Take a break from social networks when there are overwhelming consequences to your mental health, even for just a few days to get your mojo back and get a sense of the situation's fallout into your offline life. Social media platforms have many tools that empower users to protect themselves, but ultimately it is up to you to decide who is in control, yourself or the virtual unknown. I'd like to welcome Shayla to the conversation and invite her to share her experiences with social media. I use social media to stay connected with my friends and family, especially those that I don't get to see on a day-to-day -day basis. One of the main social media apps I use is Instagram, and also, like many of us, I find myself scrolling on TikTok. But overall, I would say social media is a convenient way to see what my friends are up to and just to keep up with what's currently going on in the world. And one of my favorite things about social media are, of course, the positive aspects that come with it. I think that platforms like Pinterest are a great way to stay creative and get inspired by other creators' projects. But I think that one of the worst things about social media is the negativity that can come with it. Oftentimes, we forget that social media is, in fact, a highlight reel, which may lead to us comparing our lives to other people's. So naturally, someone is going to post when they're having a good time and not when they're having a mental breakdown. I definitely agree with what you said, Shayla, about how there's so many positives and also the equal amount of negatives when it comes to using social media, especially for young people who often don't have the maturity to understand their emotional experiences and be able to deal with intense uh, experiences like bullying or have feeling the need to compare themselves to their peers. So I was wondering if you had any personal anecdotes about your experience with social media on specific apps and whether you have any advice for the future generation on how to survive uh, these years as members of Generation Z. So what I was previously saying about social media being a highlight reel, um, it took me a while to realize that. Like, I think there was a point in time and sometimes I still find myself doing it um where I am comparing you know my life to my life to other people's while I'm scrolling on social media um I think that's very common for a lot of us to do and it can be really tricky to navigate this but I think it's important to realize that Social media isn't everything, um, and even though you want to keep up with what your friends are doing, it's also important to have those in-person interactions. Um, I think FOMO is another really common thing that can happen, you know, fear of missing out. Um, so I don't want to say to just, you know, not use social media at all, but learn when to take breaks and too much of 
something is never a good thing. You know, getting too consumed by social media is, can have all these negative effects on you. I really think you make a lot of great points, Shayla, about fear of missing out, which can be very prevalent for like high schoolers who are using social media for the first time and their relationships become a lot more complex than when they were younger. And then they see this disorienting new world that is entirely online and they feel like they have to attain that sort of standard in order to be looked on favorably by their peers. And I think definitely that taking time away from social media can be very rejuvenating to your mental health and help you cope with the idea that your life has been documented and people you don't know are reading about you and judging you, but also understanding that you have a life outside of an online platform, which I think can be hard for younger people to understand, as with my younger sister. And... She uses social media a lot, especially TikTok and Instagram. And sometimes I think when I was that age in middle school, I would wonder, you know, I was not as social as she was. And seeing the amount of time she puts into these platforms, I wonder, you know, if these people are really supportive of her or if they are actually just kind of like spying on her life in a way and in a way that isn't in a positive Shayla, if you have anything more to add to the conversation, you are welcome to do so, whether it's any facts or information about the epidemic of Generation Z using social media and any mental health effects you've experienced from using these digital platforms. So just some information and some facts. Um, new technology can enhance or extend our natural human capacities. Existing practices and capacities can also be pushed aside or made obsolete by new technology. New technology can retrieve actions or services from the past that we have previously abandoned and Overuse of new technology can end up in negative consequences that reverse the enthusiasm for its original benefits. So I think that we can see this happening in social media. And I can say just from personal experience, I feel like I've experienced those negative effects when I've consumed too much of it. And I feel like more so when we're younger, too, it's like common for that to happen, you know, whether you're on your phone too much and, you know, we get into that habit of scrolling and it can become addicting um, and it's almost kind of like forgetting that you have this life outside of that. Um, so I would say from personal experience, just I can recall sometimes more so in the past, um, when I was younger, because um, I think I started using social media in like middle school, seventh or eighth grade. Um, and that was when it started becoming really prevalent. Um, Snapchat started becoming a huge thing. And I've noticed that um, a lot of us tended to have the habit of posting every single thing that we were doing. So a lot of us were very consumed by it. And I've noticed that that had a negative toll on me. And I think I didn't realize until after the fact um, just how consuming it could be. 
Um, and, you know, originally we use it thinking, you know, for the benefits, you know, I want to keep up with my friends, see what my friends are doing. But then, you know, going back to one of those facts, it can also reverse that enthusiasm and actually um, cancel out the positive and turn into a negative. I definitely agree with you, Shayla, about the facts which were drawn from Marshall McLuhan's ideas, which are called the Four Laws of Media Ecology. And I think that there are definitely balances of positive and negative effects with social media. I feel like there's either the extreme of wanting to post everything or people who just have a very negative idea about social media and its benefits and just try and not use it or just kind of judge people who do use it when a lot of the people who really do enjoy social media they are just young people who are trying to have fun and connect with their friends but also that can get that can make the online platforms a space that reflects like real life conflicts too where you know having an argument or fight with someone and they don't really respond you get kind of offended but you don't know what their tone meant in the conversation sometimes so you don't know what they feel about you unless you encounter them in person or see their body language and tone so I think that it's really social media has really helped me personally connect with a lot of people especially in like college and now my first year of graduate school and I think it developed some of my social skills as a more introverted person when I was younger and it has brought a lot of welcoming effects but I've also received you know comments that are questionable so I would always you know evaluate myself and how I let those comments harm me and they would often stay with me even long after I logged off the platform so yeah if Shayla you have anything else to add to the conversation or we can keep talking um i think we can turn it over to luca now hi okay this is luca um i already introduced myself but yeah that was i found everything you had to say just really really interesting shayla um and also like it's i feel like i have an interesting perspective because i actually don't have any social media um so that's why it's kind of funny and i was like oh i can offer something like interesting um and the reasons I have social media, there are a couple. I mean, honestly, it's not really by choice, which I don't know if that's like, I think overall it's been a positive thing in my life. Um, but I've just had a series of issues. And um, for my safety, I was like, social media is not the right way to go because um, just having all your information out there, I realized it's really, really, really dangerous. Um, but I don't use any app. But I do see my friends use apps. I see how it affects them. And, there's been brief periods where I have had social media and I've just like noticed like you got there's two with it is just get so much more involved with other people's lives and you don't focus on yourself and your goal yeah, already like I feel like it's a really deep issue and this has led to it contributes a lot to depression, especially in our age group. Um and I also see how it like makes a community amongst people, especially during like COVID and quarantine when online school is a thing, like so many people would read through social media and become friends and I was kind of just sitting there like huh like it's a little hard to make a friend over email so I definitely felt like the drawbacks of not having it um 
So I don't know. It's kind of like a good thing and a bad thing that I haven't had it. Uh, yeah, Luca, I think what you said is really revealing about how our generation used social media. And I think that what you said about social media being dangerous, um, I would just be interested if you even used any apps and the effects they had on your mental health or of anyone you know. Yeah. I mean, the danger that I were unfortunately a lot more than just mental health. I had a pretty serious stalker. Um, he is arrested now, though. We have a restraining order, so I'm all safe. But um, it's just, it's really, really dangerous. Just like the amount of people, the amount of information that people have, like out on the web, just by someone's first name and last name. If they have a public account, you can literally find out like, where do they go to school? Where they get their coffees from every morning? Their favorite places to shop? Who all their friends are? Anything bad they've done? You know, it's really, really easy to just get a ton of information. Um, so that's dangerous for like safety reasons and like your physical safetyness, but also just like it's it's very connecting. Like you can, it's easy to meet friends and build a community, but at the same time, it's also extremely isolating because it's very easy to just like sit in your room and look at a friend's Instagram, look at someone else, you know, and like see like, oh, this person's doing that and I'm here doing this. And and also when you're out doing things, like something that you would be enjoying, you see someone else doing something better and you just, you don't appreciate it or enjoy it as much. So that also like really takes a toll on your mental health to feel like you can't appreciate your life because you're constantly comparing it to other people's. Luca, I really appreciate how open you were in this conversation and sharing your personal experience with social media. And I think that for me personally, I've had, you know, people try and mock, you know, comments I made online when they meet me in person, or they have preconceived notions based on what I've posted online Mm -hmm. and just use that to form an idea about me but then I get scared because I don't really know this person that well Mm -hmm. and here he is trying to kind of be a nefarious presence in my life Mm -hmm. or just have more opportunities to make fun of me and especially as young women we should be very aware of people who could you know stalk us or like don't wish us well or invade our boundaries and I really appreciated your story about your personal experience with social media leading to potential privacy violations and, you know, people who you don't want to know where or what you're doing at certain points in time, they can easily access that information and use it to do things to you that you would not want to do to yourself or others. Yeah, yeah definitely. After learning about the research on social media, do you have any reactions about the facts that we listed today earlier in the conversation? I mean, honestly, unfortunately, none of it really surprises me. Like, I don't know. I feel like my mom is also very against social media. And so growing up, she would just talk to me a lot about it and a lot about the drawbacks. And um, so nothing, nothing really, I would say, surprised or shocked to me, but it just, it's just like further from that point just like i i what i find crazy to think about is how how much more like depressed and how much more like mental health issues our generation has than generations in the past like if you look at the statistics it's absolutely crazy just how much more we're suffering and i was like thinking of this and i was like what's changed you know i mean obviously like it's a different time but 
the main thing that's changed is that we all have social media now and phones and we're all like glued to them which was never the case before and that's been the biggest change and I just I find it crazy to think about how that's probably why or one of the top reasons that we struggle all with our mental health so much now and I wish there was something to do about it you know I wish like like I could say oh everyone should get rid of social media but there also are so many positive things so it's just it's a really complicated thing yeah I really agree with what you said Luca and I think that social media is definitely kind of a, a reflection of humanity at its best and worst and especially with young women I think relationships can definitely cause depression especially where they're not going well or not turning out as you hoped and there is a lot of judgment that people of our gender face from others and I think that social media has definitely been useful in helping me express myself and kind of develop a writing career even in graduate school and I think my time in undergrad was potential potentially more limited than it could have been because of my social media use because I would often rely on it instead of going out to meet others in public areas and while we can have deeper one-on-one conversations using social media and get to know more than if we had talks about each other in person I think that yeah social media saves a lot of good memories but also you know if a relationship goes bad then that could be used as an avenue to attack you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I agree. It, it really could. It really could hurt a lot of relationships. If you have anything else you want to share about the anecdote about your stalker or any other peer comments about social media, that would be great. Um, I think... I mean, I just want people to to take everything they're seeing with a grain of salt and feel like everyone knows this, how fake social media is on and how much pressure it puts on us. And I don't know, I guess take a break from it because it is, it's toxic and living without it, I'm, I'm really able to see just how much it controls people's lives. Um, and it would control mine just as much as if I did have it. So I think just remember to like take a step back and remind yourself that it's just not real world it's not the real world and there's way more out there than just what you're seeing yeah so have you just completely stopped using social media or do you still go on the apps and how often would you say that you use Uh, no i have no social media at all i have text message so i text my friends but that's that's pretty much it um and life is Life has been a lot better without a lot of people asking me, like, oh, what do you do in your free time? Or, like, how do you, like, keep your relationships? And I found that I've actually, like, been able to keep more meaningful relationships from it because if someone wants to talk to me, they actually have to text me and they actually have to, like, start a conversation as opposed to just, like, parting something on my story or, like, well, I don't know how it works. <laughs> I feel like a grandma, you know, like, wiping up and saying, like, whatever. Um, so... Yeah, and in my free time, I don't know. I just hear a lot of people complain about how much time they waste on social media. And luckily, I've just found things that make me busy. I focus on my writing. I read. I go out and do things. I do have a very hard time sitting still, though. So I'm just like, 
it's it's also an issue too it's there's pros and cons to all of it i really love the way you express that luca i think that social media definitely has um an outsized impact on my life i'm still using it but i'm only using facebook and instagram and i resisted the trend to get on you know, snapchat and tiktok so i really appreciate hearing the perspective of someone who has completely gone off social media um shayla if you want to tell us about how frequently you use social media or if you don't use it at all or your favorite apps that would be great too so for the most part i would say i use instagram and tiktok instagram i feel is one of those apps that i use like i've previously said you know to keep in touch with like what my friends and family are doing um and i find it nice in the sense you know if it's people that I don't get to see often and see what they're up to. As of right now, I actually don't find myself checking it as often as I used to. Um, and that may just be because of school. Um, but I don't know. I don't think it takes up as much of my time and consumes me as much as it did when I was younger. Um, but, you know, I would say for the most part, you know, I open it at least once a day, um, but I'm not necessarily in that habit of scrolling, whereas I feel like on TikTok, it's so easy to get sucked in and you're scrolling and you're scrolling and you're scrolling and then somehow like an hour goes by. Um, but same thing, I would say that, you know, I don't find myself checking it as often as I used to. Um because of school and I have other things that are taking up my time but I would definitely say you know in the summer or if I'm bored I think it's one of those things that's just out of habit um and yeah I would also say I definitely found myself I used to use snapchat a lot um and then when I got older I didn't really see the point in it um I don't know it's strange because like really even now it's kind of just like you're sending pictures back and forth to your friends and oftentimes it's with no context and you know then some people get offended when you don't answer them and that one's that one's a little tricky like I feel like that's one of those apps that it's just it's managed to stick around um and I still have it and sometimes my friends will post things so there are apps like that that you know I still have, but I don't check them as often as I used to. Um, but yeah, I would say for the most part, you know, like I've said, um, I kind of grew up using social media or like it really started. I started getting on it when I like got my first phone in like eighth grade, I think. So I think ever since then, um, even with my friends too, it's kind of just always been prevalent like we've always had it um but I also have you know taken breaks and would find myself checking it less or you know just thinking to myself kind of what's the point I think especially too when there are a lot of things going on in the world um it can sometimes be very overwhelming when everyone is kind of you know it's great to like spread awareness about things and really push things out. But I think it can get really overwhelming when you're like 
seeing all these stories and these infographics like there's so many benefits to it but also at the same time too I think like when you're seeing so much of the same thing or even if it's a lot of like negative things I think even that too can really take a toll on one's mind and I again like I've said you know we have this habit of scrolling um so on that note I also think too that um it definitely has like caused a decline I would say in like face-to-face communication um because I would say like you know I've had people like follow me on accounts people that I don't even necessarily personally know or like you know my friends as friends mutual friends and I think even that too I'm kind of like what's the point like I don't really know this person and I would much rather prefer getting to know someone in person first um so I I find that kind of strange too and the whole concept of like when someone requests to follow you or sends you like a an invite and you don't even really know this person um so of course it has its benefits but also in a sense too I think it it does decline it it does create that decline in us having those in-person interactions with people and getting to know people so even now too I'm finding myself that when I'm getting together with my friends and even hanging out with my with my friends and stuff I try to like put my phone down you know like be on it less and I really just like to enjoy the time that I have with them instead of you know getting together with them and then scrolling on social media or just scrolling on all those apps so yeah I really appreciate the new idea that you brought to social media shaler which is the information overload that technology creates which can be very overwhelming especially if you have in-person commitments but then you get distracted by a lot of information on your phone and like you said a lot of that information can be very negative as with the recent conflicts in the middle east i've seen a lot of graphic images news stories that uh, people who are acquaintances have shared them publicly. And I feel just, you know, understanding the scope of what's going on in the world is helpful. But also there are like limitations in, you know, seeing like sharing like difficult ideas with strangers. Or I feel like people generally tend to post on social media because, you know, they want to be seen and they kind of want to get that celebrity celebrity feeling, such as, you know, having like who's having the most followers on Instagram, which was a big thing when I was in high school. And whoever has, you know, the most beautiful like photo of their like, relationships or the scenery that they travel to around the world. And I feel those you know, are kind of kind of like airbrushed perfection, like uh, experiences. I think those can be very hard to compare yourself to. And just being more in the moment can be very helpful. And I'm glad to see that Generation Z has uh, has really taken the steps of appreciating how social media can be negative to their health and how they've like taken steps to use social media less or just completely like, block themselves off of it altogether. Because I do agree with Luca that using email and text messages has many of the same benefits or you know, all the benefits without all the negatives of online platforms. So if neither of you has anything else to add for now, I'll go into a more detailed story about my experience with social media. 
Out of TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, for me, Facebook has stuck around the longest, documenting my personal life and interactions with peers for over 10 years. As a proud member of Generation Z, I find that older generations sometimes don't take our emotions seriously, and my adventures on Facebook, originally a place where I could document my accomplishments and bonds with others, began revealing a sinister side to the platform, which is used by 36.7% of the world's population, a total of 2.93 billion users. I found that written comments were often more hurtful in text message form, as the sender found that written, uh, physically couldn't see the receiver's reaction and felt free to write whatever they wanted. I also couldn't see the facial expression, tone, or other body language context of the sender, leading messages to come off as cold or uncaring. One of the earliest incidents I can recall when it comes to Facebook is when in 10th grade, a secret group chat at my selective high school made the news for rating girls' appearances, using homophobic language, and bashing classmates after someone with chat access leaked screenshots of the group. While students were disgusted by the chat room, they questioned if it would be right to punish its users because their comments were designed to be private. However, other people demanded a mass apology to the entire female student body for disrespecting the existence and autonomy of every girl in the school. I remember admiring their fortitude in coming forward and understanding the importance of standing up for others, but still I felt I couldn't stand up for myself that if I had been targeted, if I could handle voicing my opinions on social media, being undermined by peers, and still see the perpetrators walk away with no consequences. In senior year, a classmate revealed she had been assaulted on Facebook, had taken her concerns to the administration, and found out that the assaulter not only escaped legal punishment, but was admitted to a highly selective university, a story which was met with over 500 likes and immense support. Years later, I would discover that a college instructor had shared my personal health documentation, which I had used for an extension without permission. And while scrolling through different professors' scholarship a few years later, willingly posted on the website academia.edu, I would find echoes of my condition reflected in their published research essays. I've always thought that English is a unique field in college, where personal experiences and revelations can impact the very subject matter and linguistic choices of people's research. As a college student facing a faculty consisting of mostly white and male individuals with terminal degrees, I came to think that my privacy concerns meant nothing to tenured staff when it came to the institution's personal gain of bringing money to the department. I felt like everyone wanted complete and total knowledge and control of their students, no matter how vulnerable or ill they were, and that there was much information that any instructor involved in this situation could use to hurt me in class or treat me differently. But because I thought one of my professors was secretly harming all people who shared my gender and racial identity, with a long history of emphasizing negative and violent stereotypes about people of color and mental health in the literature he chose to write about, I wrote follow-up comments on Rate My Professor. I was met with thumbs down, which I guess was him, and he remains a respected faculty member. Because I wanted to be admitted to the same university's graduate program, which I successfully did, using recommendations from some of these professors, I decided not to speak up further. In investigating the social media dynamics of professors and adults who have a long history of success and prestige and extensive ties to other students and beginning scholars, I saw that tenure, which is lifetime job security that protects professors from being fired without a fair trial, granted my teachers, who I looked up to and idolized, academic freedom and freedom of speech, but also allowed them to promote unpopular or controversial ideas online, 
that could damage people's attitudes toward the most vulnerable people in our society for years to come. So Shayla and Luca, if you have any reactions to my personal story, that would be wonderful. If you would have anything else that you would like to add to round off our conversation, that would be great as well. First of all, for an interesting story, I I feel like, unfortunately, it's not like the most... Not, like, I've heard very similar stories before, unfortunately, which just makes me so, so, so upset. So the writing prompt we kind of want you guys to take away is just has social media had a net- negative infa- impact on your mental health? And if so, write a, ple- write a piece on how it's negatively affected you um, and how you navigated it as well, because that's really important. If anyone else has anything they want to add about social media, our stories or conversations that you heard about today, please follow Girls Right Now's Writing for Wellness podcast and make sure to join us in our future episodes. I'm really grateful to have the chance to interview Shayla and Luca today and for their very thoughtful comments on our topic, Generation Z's depression epidemic in correlation to social media. And I just want to offer support to our listeners. If you find yourself in any situation that is similar to what we have recounted today, please know that you have all the support in the world and that you should take care of yourself. Stay off social media if it is harming your mental health and just make sure that uh, you're, you stay healthy and safe and that many people have had the same experiences as you and that writing and expressing yourself by speaking up about your experiences can be very rejuvenating and can help you finally let go of difficult experiences with regards to social media. So if you would all like to say goodbye to the, our listeners today, that would be great. Goodbye, guys. Thank you so much. And also thank you, Michelle, too, for being a great interview host, podcast host. You did a really incredible job. Bye, everyone. I want to express my gratitude to Michelle, our moderator, and our guests, Shayla and Luca, for engaging so thoroughly in the conversation about Generation Z's depression epidemic and social media. I also want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us in this fourth episode of Writing Our Way to Wellness, a podcast published bi-weekly on Thursdays. Follow along as we foster spaces where emotions are seen with an open heart and words received with reverence. Make sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to the Girls Right Now Substack at girlsrightnowmedia.org and catch up wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is a production of Girls Right Now. It was hosted and recorded by Michelle Chen and edited and produced with the support of Sally Familia, Fanny Curra, and Catherine Dustin. Thank you for your time and energy, and remember the worth and value you hold.